It's so good. Open the bread of life for your people here today. Lord, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed spiritually, physically, mentally. In every way, your word is medicine to our body, to our minds, to everything, Lord. Your word is the answer. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to talk about suffering for the glory. And what that means is that we should stop trying to dodge God. <laughs> stop stop putting off going to his throne. Amen. Being scared. Like I ain't been there so long he may charge me. Amen. Stop resenting the process because it hurts. It's painful what we're going through. No pain, no gain. Amen. Some things are painful, but we have to face them to reach a higher plateau in God. I hate to put it like that, but to go higher in the things of God. Some things we just have to face. And it's not, it's like, haven't I been through enough? No. <laughs> you know, I believe this is the end of something great. I just feel like that. But it's necessary to kill all of our flesh. And that's what this is all about. When you suffer for the glory, it's like you're giving up your fleshly desires. You're giving up your flesh, how you feel, what you think, and you're submitting to God saying, you know, have your way in my life. You know, uh, just humbling yourself and saying, I'm not going to fight against you because it must be necessary, although it don't feel good. Amen. Hallelujah. So we come to church with certain a certain mindset, and we need to get rid of that microwave mindset. I'm going to call it that. Where we want something. Well, I'm going to go see what she got today. What's the message? Is it going to help me? <laughs> you know, what she got for me today? You know. Or we say that or we say, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I just I want something quick. I'll get it up at the altar. I'm going to get her to agree with me in prayer. That's the real slick Christians. I'm going to go up there and get some agreement. And it's always agreement for what you want, for what you have already told God and told yourself that you need when we don't know what we need. We need deliverance. <laughs> Amen. But we come with a certain mindset. We want to hear a good message to make our flesh feel better. When that don't do it, we want... <laughs> We want to get the agreement, and we're going to want a quick shot at the altar. And I'm not against the altar. Don't, don't let the devil trick you, because if you need to come, come. I'm just talking about a specific thing. And when we have specific problems, let's face it, we want it to be over quick. I do, too. It's like, when is this going to end? I'm tired of it. I'm going to take a break from it. Now, how many of y'all know what I'm saying? I'm taking a break for this. I ain't going to the throne. Because I know that's going to cause me a little trouble. I'm not going to do anything but get in my word to a point where I don't feel anything. I don't feel nothing. Amen. Because I don't want to deal 
with what's going on because it must be deep because I'm not delivered yet because here it is again. And so we come to church with a certain mindset that I need deliverance and I want it today because I can't take no more. So we're back in the flesh again. And be, and this is what the Lord's been telling me all week. He said, that's what I'm after. <laughs> that's what I'm after. It's called a process. See, there's a process to everything. And, and it doesn't go when you say go. It goes when God says go. And if he don't think we're ready, then he don't deliver us. And the same stuff is hanging over our head again another week. And then another month. <laughs> and then another six months. But God has a timing for everything under the sun. He's got everything timed. Amen. Our deliverance. No matter how small it is. You know, we want to get it over with. It's called the process. And he said, no, it ain't time yet. Amen. Hallelujah. We just want our flesh to feel better. And we just want to make these decisions and make them quickly and get it over with so I can breathe. Y'all know what I'm saying? Amen. But any anything that's going to give us a quick fix, that's what we're looking for so we can go on and live. Amen. When we suffer, it has spiritual significance. We don't think about that. There's something in the spirit realm and in glory that is met when we allow God to do it at his pace and in his time and when we cooperate with God it's a glory thing we want a certain service you've seen people come to the healing schools they get up and leave before because it's take too long and sometimes I say, well, dang, go on. We just ought to go and pray for him and get it over. That ain't what God is doing. I, I appreciate Pastor Barb because she don't let what people doing, leaving out that door, she don't let it move her. And I've gotten to the point where I don't let it move me either. If you don't think, amen, if you don't think enough of your healing, bye-bye. See you in six months. And maybe you'll get it then. Amen. But when God assigns you to a place, your healing is where he assigned it. So be patient. I understand some people are sick and can't sit up and that. That's okay. You know, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about most people. Because we only get a few people like that. But it's too long or the music is too loud. We had some friends leave. The music was too loud. I'm just not used to that music. And it was too loud. See, that's what God is. That's why God tells us don't touch it. Because that ain't, that's a devil. How can I put it nicely? Amen. Because I've been to places where it's low. I've been to places where it's high. And neither one bugs me. Amen. Just have to make some adjustments in your mind and in your heart. So we come to church with a certain mindset. Because we already know what we need and we know how we're going to get delivered. In other words, we, we got that put all together. Amen. But it's never the way we think it should be. Amen. We, it's, it's, we want quick deliverance. Or we want the prayer of agreement. Or we want something. Whatever is quick, that's what we want. 
but we don't want to get involved personally with anybody in the church because we're not looking for a church home. We, most of those people, they gone already. But you've seen them kind of, I don't want to join. We have people come in, well, I'm not joining. You don't join. We don't have that join stuff. Join what? We're all supposed to be going to heaven. We're supposed to be going the same way. So what are you joining if we're going in the same direction? People are, that's called religion. Amen. But they don't really know what they want. They just want something. And it ain't, you know, following God's um, protocol. They want whatever they want right now. Amen. In whatever way they've imagined. But if you think about it, we've already chosen how we're going to get delivered and win. That ain't God. Amen. Now, you come full of faith to the altar, you know, but these things, you can come to, to the altar in faith for healing in some situations. But if you're trying to dodge the process, it just doesn't work. Amen. Amen. But I can tell you this, the more you agree with God and the more you're on his time length or wave and agree with him and do things his way, the quicker the process. Amen. Don't fight against the process. And that's what we do sometimes when we have it all figured out. Amen. Hallelujah. That service was too long. I'm tired. We want a quick fix. But the Bible called these light afflictions. These afflictions are light afflictions. See, it's weighing us down because we're not allowing God to do it his way. We already have it planned on how we're going to be delivered, how long it's going to take. And see, it becomes a burden. But God says these light afflictions, these things that bug us, are really not that important if we turn them over to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see where are we at. Let's turn to First Peter four. Hallelujah. You know, we don't like walking through our problems because they don't feel good. You know, we don't like walking through them with God. We we like walking through them with man because we can tell man our version. <laughs> But we don't like walking through our problems trusting him through trials and tribulation. When you're going through trials, you got to trust God. And you got to let him do things his way. Amen. Nor do we embrace the sufferings caused from denying sin in the flesh for the glory of God. It's like this. When you go through something with God and you allow him to take you through, through the process you don't try to lead you follow him and you allow god to navigate you through the process it's easier it comes easier it comes quicker but when we try to take control of our deliverance and do all of that stuff then we don't get the full benefit of it because we are trying to do it ourselves but when we allow the sufferings and embrace the sufferings of Christ, then there's glory. There's a, a supernatural benefit from it. It's to the glory of God. That's what I'm trying to say. 
It's to the glory of God. The benefits are great. But when we try to do it, we the glory is, is gone. You know, because we diminish the power. How can I say that? We diminish the power in the, um, here's a word I'm trying to say. We, we diminish what it's, uh, you know, what it's really about. I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Y- yeah, we, do, we diminish what it's going to accomplish, but, but it's just it's not worth what it could have been if we had waited and allowed God to do it for us. I, I can't think of what I was thinking. But the power is diminished in everything else. The meaning is diminished. We don't get the full benefit if, uh, uh, from, you know, from trying to push it and doing the things ourselves. Amen. But we must defeat sin through suffering. That's the only way you get rid of sin, through suffering. And we don't want suffering. And so we keep the sin. It's just like this. Um, if I have bad habits, which I got some, those things, I don't need that baggage. And other worry, whatever, I don't need that. So I need to allow God to burn that away. But if I'm steady running from God and I don't allow him to come face to face with me, and cleanse me and heal me because you know everything that's not like god is going to be burned up in the fire so that's what we doing we trying to dodge the fire y'all know what i'm saying and so the suffering is good because it burns away the chaff or the stuff that's not good and see when we try to dodge the process dodge god we're really keeping the sin that stuff, those little cute things that make us feel better, that'll cause us not to receive what we want from God because we're trying to hold on to it. So all I'm saying is don't try to dodge the process. Uh, uh, embrace the sufferings because people who don't want to suffer have not identified with Christ on that cross. Amen? That's the thing. You know, because we are supposed to fellowship in his suffering. And be, look what came out of his suffering. You know, new, new, uh, a new identity for us. Old man, gone, new man. And so that, uh, we all, when he rose up, we all rose up. New creations. What if he had a try? I don't want to do it. Because he said, let this cup pass from me. But he went, he said, but nevertheless, and that's what we need to say, but nevertheless. But what if we would keep trying to dodge what's in the cup, then we would never see the deliverance that we need. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Amen. And so we need to not, you know, not try to dodge the process. You know, I'm tired of this, and I, I, I just don't want this. No, I don't want it. God didn't tell me to do it. You know, that we start coming up with those excuses because we're trying to unembrace the, the, the process or the suffering. And that suffering is good for us because it gets all of the stuff that's weighing on us, worry, financial 
you know, poverty, still trying to hang on to us and follow us everywhere we go. You know, um, doubt, unbelief, all of these things that we live with every day, maybe not as much as we did 10 years ago, but those little things come and visit us a little too much, and we need to go on and get delivered. That's all. Is that making sense? And so we hang on to these things, and God is saying, look, it's time to let them go. Amen? And so we try to hang on. We, we need to stop trying to hold on to things. And, and it's the influence of the world. That's the worst. TV, Internet, all these things. The influence of what, what, what TV tells us we ought to look like. And all these people have so many surgeries to look like they look, and then after five years, everything falls again, and it's worse than what it would have been if they'd have left it alone. And so books, you know, um, all of these, you know, and they're, they're, they're only showing you what the tall, skinny girls look like because they're so young. But put a 67-year-old woman on there, and let me see what she looked like. Amen? They're not going to do that. They're not going to do it because they like to keep us in the flesh and keep us hyped up on what we think life is about when it ain't even really about that. And so we need to embrace what God is doing because all he's trying to do is deliver us so we don't have that problem anymore. Amen. We don't need to hold on to the world's manipulation because that's what it is. The world manipulates us in, in suggestions. You ought to look like this. Or you ought to be like this. You ought to be like her. You know, you ought to have what she has. You know, they show you a lady, you know, going to catch the whatever that bus is down, you know, in New York City. And even her, your subway with a nice uh, designer purse and luggage to match. And then you say, I want that. And then you go into debt. I mean, it's suggestive, yeah, because when I see it, I say, doggone it, I want that little cute, and I want a suitcase to match. <laughs> but see, that's the manipulation of the world, and we need deliverance from that, amen? You know, when we see stuff like that, it shouldn't bug us now one little bit. It's like, I don't want that. And then somebody go buy it for you because you ain't longing for it, and you say, oh, okay, cool. God will give you stuff you don't really want. But when you got to have it, it can be trouble for you. So that's all I'm saying. All right, so where are we at? First Peter. First Peter 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Arm yourself. With the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Amen. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. I'm going to read number two again. Arm yourself. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh. For the lust of men, but for the will of God. Amen? 
let me do verse 3, although I wasn't supposed to. It says, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. See, in other words, time is growing short. It's time to change. It's time to get delivered and stop trying to run from God. Amen? So that you can enjoy the rest of your life in godly things. Hallelujah. It says, it's been a lifetime that we've been spending doing what the Gentiles do. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking, well, the drinking parties, I remember, and abominable idolatries. Amen. Idolatry. That's a big one. Amen. Thinking you more than what you are. Thinking it's them and it ain't you. It's called manip- the devil's manipulating your mind. Deceived. Amen. And so from reading this, I think it's talking about Christ's suffering and our suffering. Hey, if you identify with him, then it's got to be the same. Amen. Got to be the same. Can't run from God anymore. Amen. We need to learn to refuse fleshly desires and that's what this is about without the deliverance you can't refuse anything fleshly you can't refuse it because you ain't delivered you still got that thing and we i want that stuff gone i'm tired of it you know it's time is winding down you know what i'm saying and i need to get delivered totally you know i don't have a lot of stuff that i had i have a, a whole lot grown so much Sometimes I don't know who I am. But if you keep digging, that old person is still there. and He'll jump out sometimes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I want total deliverance. If it's going to hold me back, if it's holding me back, I want total deliverance. Amen. Hallelujah. So the believer is supposed to reckon ourselves dead to sin. Because the Bible says we're dead to sin. We're slaves to, we're no longer slaves to sin, but we're slaves to God. And that's where we're trying to get. No longer slaves to sin. Sin could be any worldly desire. I want them leather boots. And I just bought a pair. And I know I shouldn't buy them. That, that's sin if God has told you don't do it. Amen. And so the Bible says that we need deliverance from that and it's called the sufferings of jesus in other words deliver yourself over to god and let him do what he needs to do amen let's go to romans 6 11 right i wasn't supposed to but let me uh just jump over there right quick romans 6 11 i was reading that last night and i said mm, that's pretty good and i'm hoping it'll tie in with what we're talking about amen so we need to learn to stop complaining to god i don't know if y'all complain to god but i do amen i'm just tired of that god you gotta do something you know it's time to stop that's better than telling other people because they can't do nothing for you all they can do is be in your gang amen (laughs) you manipulate them and then they got a problem because they got to repent and you pull them into your sin, so if you go to God, you keep it clean. Amen. 
So we must learn to stop complaining to God and to other people when we go through a little suffering or a trial. Because they don't last forever. That's why that scripture that says, um, what is the, uh, these uh, afflictions, light afflictions, are but for a moment. Amen. And God says, stop making them a lifetime. Because the more you harp on them and you hate them, the longer you're going to be in that situation. See, a lot of that's us and not God. But we blame in God. Amen. And so these light afflictions are but for a moment. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand that and quit complaining. Amen. God is God. I believe God's got everything under control. Amen. I just believe that. I know that. He's got everything under control. And everybody's going to do what they're supposed to do. Everybody's going to be in formation. That's just me saying that. Boom, boom, boom. In formation. Doing what they're supposed to do. Amen. To the glory of God. But sometimes when you need a lot from God, you've got to submit. There's no time because time is winding down. We're living in the last days. I'll put it like that. And we need to cooperate with God. So let's see. Where was I? Oh, Romans 6, 11. Didn't turn there. Oh, yeah. And it says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive in God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourself to god as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to god for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace now that does not mean because you're under grace, you can do what you want to do. That's what a lot of people are teaching, that you are under grace. I know this preacher, he can preach, and he quit his church because the people did not agree with him that tongues was not necessary for you to have the Holy Ghost. He said he don't have the Holy Spirit. He said he asked God for it. I know. He said, I asked God for it. God never gave it to me, so I must not need it. And that's where I just pushed my button. I said, I knew something was wrong. I couldn't figure it out. I said, something ain't right with this guy. Loved his message. Loved his understanding of the word. But he said he asked God for it, and God didn't give it to him, so he must not need it. He said, but I got the Holy Spirit in him. I needed to be there so I could go whack him and say, no, you don't. You need it. It's a gift of God. But see, when stuff, that's just an example. That's where that inclusion came from. There's no hell. God ain't going to punish. But this is what he did say. He, he mentioned that. He don't see the, the, the Holy Spirit thing. It's the same thing. He don't see that. But he mentioned that. And he said people get off when they, he said, do you think that the creator, God, the creator of the world, of the universe, it's not going to punish you if you don't repent. See, he on, he on that repentance thing. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I got the Holy Spirit. You see how the devil can mix people up? 
that's why I don't care if it's a few people in here. I want to stay where it's <laughs> normal. You know what I'm saying? Don't get, because these people are here are nuts. Now, how did he miss that? The devil, I want to go to him and say, Pastor, you need the Holy Ghost. The devil's fighting you because he fought me like that. And I kept asking God for it. I never got it. And I said, God, what is wrong with me that I can't receive this? But he was letting me see, go through that so I could help other people that go through the same thing. I didn't know that at that time. But I want to say, you don't just give up and say you don't need it. Because, see, the devil has messed with his brain. And he's thinking because he don't have it, he don't need it. And I said, you need it. And I said, I'm going to drop him, on, uh, uh, but I'm sure he's probably gotten so many, but I'm going to still try. But I, but I knew I was enjoying his message too much, and I said, something ain't right with him. And he don't have the, the Holy Spirit. And so his, his messages are not from the Holy Ghost. They're from mental ascent. And you can tell because every dot, dot is dotted. Every T is crossed, but he don't have the Holy Spirit to just put it out there in whatever form it comes out, and you do what you want to do with it. Amen. But he don't have that. But he had, he's got that theology down, which goes to show you. And he built a big church of over 4,000 people. He, and he, he quit that church, won't take no money from it, gave the money to the poor. That's good. And then he went and started another church. That grew. See how these people can grow? I'm telling you, the devil is too much because them kind of people can get these big churches. He got tired of it because he says the big churches, well, he's got sense enough to know because he's been in the book of Acts. And he said, we're going back to house churches. So he keeps starting other churches that start with him and his kids, four children and his wife. And it got so big. Even he went over to China and did the same thing. And they looked up there was 1,000, 2,000. So this man has some type of an anointing on him. But with, without the Holy see, that's why he keeps quitting what he's doing and gets sick of because the Holy Spirit is not in him. But he say he's in them. That's what every Baptist say that I knew. I used to say that. And I, and I said, I, I didn't tell nobody, thank goodness, but I told the Lord, I said, well, when I got baptized, I got baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the Lord just kind of like was quiet. I ain't going to even respond to that. And I figured it out in that name, but not, I didn't go through the the motion. There's a, a there's a, some type of corresponding action to your faith to get born again and you got to go through that and he says god didn't give it to him so he don't need it amen so i'm gonna pray for him i know he's gonna go on my prayer list but it's so sad and and carlton pearson was probably told the same thing about that inclusion ain't no hell well a good god this is what he's saying why would a good god send you to hell when he's full of love, ain't no hell. Everybody's included. I see how people get on the wrong foot. See, it's like 
this the gospel is the gospel it stands on its own you got to receive everything now why would you not why would you let that holy spirit go see that that bugged me it took me two years of going to the meetings getting my the holy spirit but i wouldn't give it up i said i don't know what's wrong with me and then i got it but i kept losing it and the lord showed me how to tell people what to do when you go home and you'll never lose it amen but <laughs> you can't let these things go because it's nothing but the devil amen he's starting churches he's not an apostle not an apostle he's not a prophet he's a pastor he may be an apostle and don't know it but he'll never know because the holy spirit reveals to you these mysteries these things so anywho i don't know how i got off on him but i think i read the rest of um did i read 15 i don't think so okay 14 says for sin shall not have dominion over you that you are not under law but yeah and the great that grace thing got me and then 15 says what then shall we sin and here's the answer to all them grace people right here but they don't want to read it what then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace that means should we do all of that stuff because we're under grace and it says certainly not amen because you have liberty you don't sin just because you got liberty you know and it says here in verse 16 do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey you are the one you are the one slave whom you obey in other words if you turn around and, and obey the lust of the flesh then you're you're a slave to sin again amen but see that doesn't register to these grace freaks just don't register to them and it says uh, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness but god be thanked wait a minute but god be thanked that through you were sla- you were slaves of sin yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to whom you were delivered i hope i read that right because my page is torn did i do that right verse 17 but god be thanked that through you were slaves of sin yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered don't go back amen don't go back hallelujah let's go to acts 5 now the apostles were beaten and thrown in jail for preaching the gospel but they didn't complain but instead rejoiced for the glory and that's what we're talking about just because you see something tough in front of you rejoice you feel like crying it's okay to cry cry and rejoice you can do both but rejoice amen with tears in your eyes that's what i do hallelujah acts 5 oh verse 17 hallelujah and it says then the high priest rose up and all those who were 
who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, as always. That's called religion. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. In other words, go minister the gospel in the temple. Verse 21, and when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. And now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. (laughs) Then the captain went with the officers and brought them uh, without violence and brought them, um, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. They didn't want to be stoned, but they can't help where the angels dumped them. Amen. Angel took them out of there. Verse 27, and, and when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did you not strictly command, women, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intent to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey. We ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. That's the punchline for us. We ought to obey God instead of man. See, that can be one of those things hanging on us, that love of people, you know, uh, needing people to make us feel adequate. And we need deliverance from that. In fact, that's the biggest thing with all of us. You know, we don't need man's approval. I mean, it's nice to get it, but if you don't, don't be tripping about it. You know, just be glad that you're on God's team. That's why it's glad to be on. It's good to be on God's team, and you won't you won't want man's approval all the time. That's just that's a bad thing to have. My goodness. So it says, um, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. You murdered by hanging on a tree. Uh, him, him, God, has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgive of forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also, in the, uh, so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him i'm not reading too good my glasses are dirty hallelujah so let's see where am i at okay so let's drop down to verse 41 
And it says, so they departed from the presence of the consul, rejoicing that they were counted worthy of suffering shame for his name. I'm going to read that one one more time. So they departed from the presence of the consul, rejoicing that they were counted worthy of suffering shame for his name. Thank you. Thanks, Nola. And they didn't even, you know. the sake of the gospel and daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching jesus as the christ so see it's like this their lives were in danger they could have been killed for the sake of the gospel but they did it anyway it's just like people in other countries and people in this country in our own country are being persecuted for the sake of the gospel but they could pretend like i'm not i didn't do nothing i'm not studying my bible up in here you know but they are doing it boldly and you see the angel took him out them out of that prison the prison was still locked up the guards were still there and they would brought before the chief council and they didn't do anything they were afraid they were going to get stoned but god was with them some things we have to do for the glory of god amen you know you have to go through some type of inconvenience for the glory of god i think now since we're studying about um all of this per the persecuted church i'm it's making me feel more bolder. It's like if I'm in Walmart, I don't care if I'm upsetting your day. Forget you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pray for that person if I feel led to do it. And I don't care what you think because people in other countries are being murdered. They're being martyred for because of the belief like these people were. You know, they went on and they went into the, the temple and they taught the people about Jesus Christ. They preach the gospel. And this is one thing. This is why we need this deliverance. We should not try to shake the Holy Spirit and, and get around God so that we don't, you know, so we avoid the process. We need this deliverance so we can do the, the gospel better and to be a witness for all earth so we could be a light. Amen. We don't need all of this garbage, this baggage hanging over us. We need deliverance. We need to embrace the suffering like these men did. It said that they embraced the suffering. Amen. They were happy that the people, in verse 41, it says, So they departed from the presence of the consul, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Amen. What more can we, what more can we do? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Philippians 3. Hallelujah. We need to not dodge, try to dodge the bullet. Because it's nothing to fear anymore. See, that was when we didn't know any better. But now we know. We know better. Hallelujah. When we get to a certain level of maturity in Christ Jesus, we deny 
flesh and otherworldly possessions and count them as rubbish. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to look at this stuff and say, you know what, I don't have to have that. Tell God, look, I don't, I don't, I don't need that stuff. And that's what he's looking for us. That's the first sign of maturity is when you can do without, whether you're abound or base, be content in whatever state you're in. And see, that's what this burning away of these, this flesh and this sin and these little things that follow us, being burnt away, you know, because these things are just going to be consumed in the fire anyway. And so when we go willingly, these men were happy that they could accommodate God in being a representative of his and and willing to burn at the stake. They didn't know what those people were going to do for us because they, they didn't want to come out of there. The angels said, come on. They said, where are we going? <laughs> you know, but they had to go. And when it was over, they were glad that they went and obeyed God and preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. So Philippians 3, 7 says, but what things, let's see, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. So it just puts that on the scale and lets you know which is more important. Amen. The, 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 uh, to gain Christ is much more valuable than to have everything else. You know, everything else that you could want is to gain Christ and to look at all that stuff. It's rubbish. It's like I can live without that. I can have it. I mean, because God is not against you having stuff, but he doesn't want sin pulling on you. He wants to burn that stuff away from us. Amen? Because it's going to perish in the fire. Our, our outer man is perishing day by day because we are suffering for righteousness' sake. At least that's what we're supposed to be doing. So that sin won't have a hold on us. And we could go out and be an example. Because we can't be an example. Like, look at the church. It's just in bad shape. Divorce is high. Divorce rate. They're doing the same thing. Everything that they're doing out of the church, they're doing in the church. You know why? Because the, the world has such an impression on the church. And this is why we need to go through the process. So that people can come out as pure gold and that, that the world won't impress us. Well, they getting divorced and they're in the church, um, you know, in the world. But they're, the church is doing it more than this world now. And it's not good. We're supposed to be the example. I used to, I, I remember times when back 25, 30 years ago in the church where you looked at the deacon and the deaconess and you knew that was a solid marriage. And you wanted to be like them. He, he, he moved her chair for her, opened the door, and all she was doing was sitting up there praying under her breath. But that was an honor to the deacon to have a wife that was supporting him in, in his call for God. Amen? But now it's not like that anymore. You know, they're just getting divorced. You're supposed to be in it for the long haul. I don't know why I'm on this subject. 
we're supposed to be in it for the long haul. Is it hard? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes ain't nothing easy. But with God, all things are possible. With man, it may be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You, you turn your marriage over to God. Amen. It's, let me tell you what I believe is going on in the, in the church and out of the church. Okay. We are supposed to um, put everything under God's authority. God for in a marriage, God first, then the, ma- the wife or the husband and the children. So there's a, a pattern that God has already set for us. And when that thing is out of line, there's going to be trouble. So it's like this. My husband don't survive off of me, and I don't survive off of him. Or it's like a, what can I say, like a, uh, like a canteen, and it's getting low. And you can drink from the canteen, and you doing like to see how much I'm drinking. Well, that's my canteen. We should, he should have one and I should have one. This is a bad analogy. But my canteen, that water is living water from God. So I'm supposed to drink at my disposal, at my discretion, and I can drink as much as I want without interfering with what he's doing with his canteen. And so we need to be separate in our love and our service for God and then come together and serve together. Your prayer time, it would be good if we had the same prayer time, but if we don't, which marriage you're supposed to have the same prayer time, but that's your God and that's his God separately because we're individuals. And then we come together. God puts that thing together and it works because we both know him for our own lord and savior individually you can't drink out of his cistern and he can't drink out of yours and then you come together because he is father of us all and he is the head of marriage he created the institution he called it good and you come together on that so many people married people ain't even saved don't know what they think about god don't want to think about that because they know they didn't get the clearance from god or when they get into the marriage it could be two unsaved people and they start to serve god together and one want god more than the other but in those cases god will put a marriage back together because it's a covenant marriage but people they don't want to do they just use god as well he ain't saved so you married him i don't think the way i used to think anymore oh well we'll pray for him you married him and so you need to lead it doesn't matter who the leader is in the family well i want my husband to come to church with me well maybe he don't want to come you understand what i'm saying so what you going to do, stay home and wait on him? See, this thing is so off balance, it's not good. And so then what people turn around and do is come and tell you, well, uh, God didn't tell me to marry him anyway. They just want to lose him like a hot potato. But you, but you know what our answer is? You married him 
You need to take that to God and let God fix it. You don't divorce people. Or I had somebody tell me, well, he's not, he, he got another wife. Well, I knew that when you married him. You forgot to tell me, but I knew it. So don't pull it on me now. You're trying to get rid of him. You know this man, who, who divorces people when they're sick? It's just ridiculous. But anywho, it's just not godly. And we need to have this stuff cleansed out of us. Because it's called, I don't care about you. I'm selfish and I don't care about you. Because my assignment is over. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Let me keep moving. Amen. Renewed day by day. Your inward man is renewed day by day. So there's benefits to being cleansed. It's benefits from allowing God to do whatever's necessary. Amen. Don't run away from the process. You know, if God wants you to suffer for his sake, for the glory, then do it. It's not, it won't kill you. And it's not, it doesn't last forever. All things come to an end. Whatever God's doing, whatever he has us going through, it will end. Amen. Second Corinthians 4. I'm getting finished. Second Corinthians 4. Verse 16. So God does not want us to lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed, so don't lose heart. Just obey God, amen, and have faith that he's going to come and deliver you out of whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's inconvenient, it hurts, it's, it's rough, but God is there. He has never left you, and he never will. Verse 16 says, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing. And see, that's where that pain is coming from. And that uncomfortable feeling of being burned in the fire. He's perishing. In other words, part of your flesh is being killed. And ouch, it hurts. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light afflictions which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal way to glory. And that's what I'm trying to, that's what we've been talking about. There's an eternal way to glory. There's a supernatural, eternal weight of glory that we need to allow God to put us in contact with so that we can represent him better. Amen. And be a better witness. How are you going to be a witness with all this crap hanging off of you? Anger, fear, divorce, just all kind of stuff that we, because of what we've been through. And so we need to want to be delivered. And we need to want to be delivered God's way in his timing. And these afflictions are light afflictions. They're, they're life-changing. They're life-altering. But they will work for your good in the end. Amen. 
they they have eternal benefits and value. So don't get off the potter's wheel if you need to be on there. Don't shut it down like we do. It's like we've been shutting it down so many years. We need to go on and get it done. You know what I'm saying. You can shut this stuff down for 20 years, and you're not any further than you were 20 years ago because you don't allow God to come in and, and do a work. And it's a good work. He see, It seems scary, but it's a good work. Amen. It's going to lighten the load. Amen. Trials are temporary. Hallelujah. Let's see, where am I at? In verse 18, it says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And we can use that like this. I don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what I'm experiencing. But I know God is with me. He's putting me through this. I'm not going to get off the potter's wheel until I'm finished. And I'm just going to deal with it. And allow God to heal me afterwards or whatever but there's eternal benefits and value to what we have to go through so continue to go quit running from god amen rejoice and be glad because your reward is in heaven there's glory to be dealt with hallelujah stop complaining stop being fearful of tribulation we suffer because it's all temporary and that's a good thing to understand that it's coming to an end. Amen. Because sometimes when you're in the midst of this stuff, it can feel like a lifetime. But the Bible says these light afflictions are but for a moment. Amen. Trials will produce patience and tolerance. And that's something we need. Amen. So rejoice. James 1. Rejoice and be glad in it. And it's uh, it's hard, but you can do it. Muster up something, some kind of sound. James 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy. Knowing that the testing of your faith, and this is nothing but the testing of your faith, and getting rid of some demons on the way out, <laughs> free of free of charge. He said, if one devil left, that was free. Amen. Hallelujah. Testing of your faith produces patience. Amen. Endurance. But let patience have its perfect work. And see, that's why when we get off the wheel or we start hiding from God, it doesn't have its per. It didn't do a perfect work. Let patience have its perfect, complete work. Amen. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, let, pay, let, let this suffering have a mature uh, work. Let it have a mature work or a maturing work on the inside of you. And if a man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask for it. It's a good time to get some wisdom. God, what's going on? What, explain to me what, what, you know, I need some understanding. I need, you know, can you help me understand some things? Amen. Who gives to, wait a minute, ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Hallelujah. 
And that word reproach uh, means uh, juvenile or in a mature way. Mocking, mocking, ridiculing, scolding, insulting. God said he won't do that. If you ask, he's not going to do you like that. In other words, we're in good hands. Amen. And all the suffering of the Lord and various trials will produce patience and tolerance. And we'll want to do nothing but serve God all the more. We'll partake of more blessings. We'll just be in a good place. Amen. Uh, let's see, where are we at? Acts 16. We'll go back and read a little bit more about Paul and Silas. Hallelujah. We need to focus on what God is doing in our lives as a body of believers and also in our individual lives. Those who don't embrace sufferings are still holding on to pride. See, that's, that's the biggest, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. But when you try to avoid the sufferings of the Lord or the, the you, you got pride. And that pride will cause you or ego. Amen. Something you're trying to hold on to the world that you don't want to let it go. And therefore, we run and hide from God. Amen. Amen. So, let's see. Paul and Silas were in jail, but they embraced the sufferings again in jail. How would you like to be in jail so many times as Paul? Amen. He was always in jail. He learned to, he just rejoiced. 16 verse 23. It says, for as I, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. Nope. Okay, 23. It says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they beat them too. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them secure. Having received such a charge, he put them into the innermost prison. In, in other words, they put them in maximum security. <laughs> the most secure cell. And then had fastened together their feet in stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Amen. Hallelujah. See, God's power, that praise and that worship and that trust released God's power. That really, And this was always happening. You notice every time he was in prison, God got him out or sent an angel or supernaturally just got him out. Why? Because they did not try to shake the, the process. They didn't try to hide and duck from God. They went on and, and did what they were called to do. And God always turned things around. Amen. Hallelujah. 27, and the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing, uh, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. You know, he was Caesar's employee. What do you expect? 
But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself, for we are here. We are all here. And nobody escaped. They could have left. They didn't. When he called for a light, uh, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? See, when people see God's supernatural power, amen, hallelujah, God revealed himself to that that jailer because it was time for him to, it was his time. (laughs) Okay, let's see where I'm at, 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. And now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Hallelujah. And thy house shall be saved amen god knows what he's doing the jailer let him go free after they were free and didn't run they could have just hightailed it on out of there amen but they didn't do it like that god's way is always best hallelujah so i just want to talk a little bit more about romans 6 11 we were there but let's go back Romans 6, 11. And then I'm done. How much time do we have, Tanya? Oh, wow. Romans 6, 11. When it says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to Christ, to, alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey the lust of the flesh. Amen. So after we embrace, we have embraced suffering in some way, sin shall have no dominion over you and me, for you are not under the law but under grace. Amen. Now our old man was crucified with Christ just as Christ was raised from the dead And we were raised, too, by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should always walk in the newness of life, in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, something happens to people where sometimes they want to go back. Amen. These familiar spirits, I don't know what they are, but they come a-calling. They come a-knocking. Amen. But just because we have, we're under grace and not the law, there's no reason for you to yield to that temptation because the Bible says we're dead to sin. We're dead to sin. So in other words, we have liberty to either do it or not do it. But our sin consciousness is so dead and put under uh, wherever it goes, buried, that we don't want to bump into that sin anymore. So we say no. We don't we don't indulge. Amen. It's very simple. It's just as simple as that. Amen. Now we are no longer 
slaves to sin, but we're slaves to God. And that's when we say, no, thank you, devil. You're not getting in my life no more. Amen. Hallelujah. For sin shall have no more dominion over us. For we are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Having been set free from sin, you have become the slaves of righteousness. Amen. Conforming to God's will and purpose. And that's all God wants. So this is the other side of the process. It's when you get delivered and you thought it was going to take a, a lifetime. The only reason it took so long is because we kept dodging God. Because we didn't want to go through. It hurt too bad. We don't want to do this. But when we suddenly get a little knowledge and we face God, we go into the throne room of grace to receive all deliverance and get set free, we are able to say no to God's to the devil's temptation. He he no longer has dominion over us. Amen. Now religion tells us that grace gives us a free pass, but that's not true. Amen. Well, we got repentance. So we can go on and have a little fun and you can just repent. But see, by the time you you've gone through that process, you don't want no parts of sin. And sin wants no parts of you. Amen. We say thanks, but no thanks. Amen. Now, some religious people go through that. But liberty does not sin because there's no pressure to sin. There's no pressure to sin. That's not what liberty is. Amen. So we can leave it on that note. But don't run from God's chastisement. Amen. It's but for a moment. It's a light affliction. That's what I hear. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt too bad. Because if you allow God just, and you know what, this is our quiet time. Don't, don't overlook what's going on, what's really going on. This is our quiet time with God to get to the next level. You can't go to a higher position, dragging baggage. We need deliverance. But some people, we're so, but people who don't want it are in the flesh. They're in pride. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with me. I just need this from God. But you got to go through the process. Because we all have said that. And it causes us to fall short. Amen. But once we get on the other side of the process, we're good. Amen. We're, we're stronger. We're wiser. We become an invading force that cannot be stopped. An invading force that the devil cannot stop. But you, amen. Hallelujah. That's who we are. Well, you know, God said I had the authority, but I don't walk in it because you got too much baggage. See, baggage will cause you not to perform as well as you could. Baggage will cause you to not be who God says you are. Does that make sense? Because you don't know who you are. You don't, you, you've been delivered. 
and set free from that stuff. But you continue to carry it around. What do you want God to do? Come down and, and say, oh, don't do that. He says, look at the grass. Look at the birds. He tells you in Matthew 5 what to do. And if I deliver them and take care of them and set them free, I'll do the same for you. But you've got to trust me. Amen. But this is what causes us to be the people, the forerunners, the people who are not afraid, the people who come against sin and annihilates it. Pray for the sick. Raise the dead. You can't do it with baggage. Amen. But if you allow God, if you trust him enough to get through this process, although it's painful, then you become that invading force. Amen. Hallelujah. We become the spot, no spot and wrinkle people. We become the church that's ready to win the war, finish the war. Amen. Because war is already going on. And, and we're in it, but we're in it to win it. And it'll cause you to win the war. Amen. <laughs> okay, why don't we stop? Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. We thank you.